0: I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk.
1: Now, let the buzz begin. Ah, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's AfterBuzz TV, and we are coming to you live from all across this Big old globe, and have we got a show for you. We're going to chat all about the craziness that was AEW Dynamite. But before we get started, allow me to introduce the amazing people I get to work with today. First up, she is the wrestling fashionista with all the ins and outs of the runway herself ladies and gentlemen she's back it's jessica o'connor
2: thank you jack thank you thank you it's an honor it's an honor <laughs> i don't know where that accent came from but we're gonna go with it
1: <laughs> but you're running with it the rest of the show and with, and also we have the indie darling herself finding out all the amazing wrestlers you don't realize you're gonna love in the years to come as always, it is Anissa Barr.
3: Yay! I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm excited. It's, this episode was amazing. I'm ready to talk about it.
1: And tonight, we got a special guest star. He's been blowing it up amongst all the wrestling pundits here at After Buzz TV. And we get to have who's sure to be the rookie of the year. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> let's hear it for Cedric Welpin.
0: Thank you for having me, guys. Look forward to talking this episode. A lot to talk about.
1: Absolutely. We also got in the booth, as always, let's hear it for the king of the bing, bang, and boom. Let's hear it for Rye Guy. king of the bing, bang, and boom. Oh,
0: my goodness. Uh, Yes, guys. (laughs) Excited to hear about awt and Dynamite. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and I am your benevolent host. They call me Fancy Jack Farmer, and I think we should just dive right into it, because it was a cracking episode. Overall thoughts, Cedric, I'll let you take it away. First up, overall thoughts of this episode.
0: Man, I thought we touched all the bases. I love seeing Cody and Archer go at it. Uh, Jake the Snakes promo was kind of cringe, but I think that's what we're going for. And I, I, you know what? I love the subtleties in AEW. I love seeing Britt ba- Baker on the outside with the glove, with the glove just for safety reasons. What are some on uh, Stat,
1: uh, Chris Statlander? That was that was awesome. Yeah. And uh, elisa uh, what do you what you think?
3: I thought it was a really good episode. Uh, Sammy Guevara, we know you're not your neck is not broken. I saw your <laughs> vlog the other day. You're totally fine. The drama.
1: The drama. You're you're not (laughs) supposed to you're not supposed to spoil it any Jessica, how'd you feel about this episode?
2: I was excited about this one. I feel like this is the first episode that we've seen in quite some time that kind of gave us a semblance of what we're used to. It felt them I mean it was a live show, so it felt kind of like the energy that we've come to know. So I'm excited. I feel like we're easing our way. I don't want I don't want to jinx it, like maybe back towards some normalcy maybe i don't know but it, it was fun i enjoyed it
1: yeah i have some comments and thoughts on that as well that we'll talk about later that's a tease ladies and gentlemen but uh, i thought that this felt like a go-home show to me we got another week left but this felt like a show that you would do before the big pay-per-view uh, lots of crazy shenanigans lots of interference today but the thing that stood out to me the most the craziest thing Coca was wearing an insane clown posse shirt. That felt weird, right? <laughs> I crazy.
2: I feel like that's kind of on brand for him, actually. <laughs> I'm
1: digging
2: it. I feel like that I fits just, right in.
1: I I don't know. For some reason, I was like, huh.
2: It's, I wouldn't have guessed that. I wouldn't
1: have wouldn't have picked that he's a fan of that. But uh someone who I'm a fan of and someone who I think everyone should be a fan of is Brody Lee and the Dark Order. They closed out the show tonight with a battle with SCU and Christopher Daniels. Now, this one was a bit bigger of a match than I think they really built it towards. Because if we all recall, a few months ago, Christopher Daniels was rumored to be the exalted one. Uh, Jessica, let's, let's have you start this off. Um, what did you think about seeing Brody Lee in one of his first real matches against the veteran Christopher Daniels tonight?
2: I think they're definitely building him up to be a competitor. I mean, his size alone is scary, but also he has a really good presence. He has a great, like intimidating demeanor. When he walks in, you're kind of just like, oh God, like this, this isn't going to be good. He's scary. He's convincing. So I think, I think he, they're sending him down a path. We'll see where that path goes.
1: So the so the path today took him against Christopher Daniels. Now Anissa, Christopher Daniels is one of your boys. How'd you feel about him coming up on the short end of uh, things tonight?
3: Um, you know, despite the fact that he lost, let's talk about his performance in the ring. You know, Christopher Daniels is not getting any younger. He's doing this for almost thirty years. And he still can move, and I was very shocked and impressed on him doing the little high fly stuff, you know, the legs on the rope and doing this uh, moon salt. That really, I was like, oh my god, he can still do it, because uh, we haven't really seen uh, Daniel's perform in quite some time. But overall, this match was so decent. Um, it really brought Brody Lee out to to show everybody, hey, you know, this is Brody Lee, this is his style, um, and he's here.
1: I think it says a lot that Brody Lee took a chair shot and an angel's wings and kicked out at one. That's a big move, uh, and that's a a big thing to to get through. Uh, Cedric, I want to ask you this: There's been some some clamoring on on Twitter. Some people who are upset. They feel like Brody Lee got forced into the world title picture, and that maybe it's a little too quick for him. Do you feel that way? Do you think Brody Lee feels like a legitimate world title contender at this point in his AEW run?
0: I think you can make that same argument for Mox if from months ago, really. I mean, when you got a guy that has the work rate, of, can I say Luke Harper Can't say that? That has the work yeah. rate of Brody Lee that you got to yeah. use it. And it showed tonight when you have a guy like him wrestle like Daniels, a good dancing partner, you get to see his full style. We've always known that Lee can go. I think it's the perfect move, especially when you have this dark order organization backing him up. It's a perfect challenger for Mox. I don't think it's too early at all.
1: I, I got to agree with you because I think it's funny people sometimes feelers never happy, you know. Like we when a guy like a Brody Lee gets put into that spotlight, everyone says it's too fast, it happened too quickly. But then when you've got Kenny Omega who mm-hmm. is taking some time to get there, everyone goes, "Oh, how come they're not using him? Why is he in the mid card? He's not what he used to be." Are we sometimes just fickle? Do we just not? Can we just? Can, Anissa, can wrestling fans just not be happy sometimes? Yeah, oh, we all build, the time.
0: It's <laughs>
3: mean way more fun to complain. They're, 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 they've been complaining the past couple of weeks. Come on. But I'm not complaining because I'm enjoying what AEW is putting on every single week. And it's awesome entertainment and great wrestlers and great matches.
1: Something I really like about this match is Brody Lee went outside and he, he went face-to-face with SCU. And I've said for a while now... I believe that Scorpio sky is going to be an AEW world champion here sooner go. rather go than later. I've predicted it. It's going to happen. Uh, but I Jack's like predictions
2: it. are always right guys.
1: Yeah. I've never been wrong about predictions. I've wrong. always been correct. There's an a- Cedric, you don't know this about me. I have a perfect prediction record. There's a little asterisk here and there and that, you know,
2: it's asterisk, borderline psychic at but, this point.
1: Yeah, but, <laughs> but They're always right. Um, I like seeing SCU take the offense and go after the Dark Order first, really, in in this match. Uh, Jessica, did you like seeing the more aggressive nature of SCU, or do you think that made them seem kind of like jerks?
2: No, I'm with you on this one, actually. I mean, they're definitely portrayed as these good, like, All-American, Southern California group of guys, but they... They got some street to them for sure. They're not afraid. They could take them. Yeah, I'm with you. It was fun. Yeah.
1: So the the big news of the match, obviously, is at the end, a guy by the name of John Moxley comes walking out to the ring, and he is none too happy with Brody Lee wearing his championship belt, as always, because he is Anissa's favorite wrestler. Anissa, walk us through it.
3: Yeah, uh, John Moxley is my favorite wrestler, Cedric. Um, just letting you know. Okay. So don't Can go I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> be careful. Be careful. <laughs> be careful what you say. No, um, this is something that I mentioned um, here on, on our after show that I wanted to see because they do have history Brody Lee and John Moxley, CCW, back in the day, in 2008, seven ish. And, you know, the matches that John um, likes to be in is, Something that I enjoy, but some things not people enjoy, but I'm wondering if we're going to get a regular match or we're just going to get another John Moxley Death Match style match, because Brody Lee, in the past, has done Deathmatch wrestling, but not as much as John. But I like to see how this is going to go, because John is the Lone Wolf, and here we have Brody Lee with his dark order, uh, minion people, little people. So I mean. I'm I'm
1: for John Moxley. Cedric, you'd mentioned John Moxley earlier. What are your thoughts on the champ? Do you do you buy him as a scary kind of wild uh, off the uh, off the rails champion or do you still see Dean Ambrose? I
0: no, I definitely don't see Dean Ambrose. But I see little sprinkles of that character here and there. The Moxley character feels very Austin-esque to me. And I think the reason why you Mm -hmm. want to have Brody Lee versus Moxley right now, because it kind of is like the the Ministry versus Austin. You kind of get that same vibe. So him being the lone wolf and kind of going it alone, you, you can write that all day.
1: As long as Tony Khan doesn't end up saying it was me all along, I think I'm, not, I'm <laughs> on board for, that, for that for that rivalry. Something that I really loved. It was just a subtle thing when Moxley hit the ring and Brody Lee threw his own henchman at him to <laughs> slow him down. Just a great supervillain way to do things. And shout out Mikey Ruckus, the guy who makes all these amazing uh, intro themes. I have an interview with Mikey Ruckus. I really enjoy... The Dark Order statement feels like the boss to a video game whenever he comes out. Um, Speaking of bosses and video games and things like that, it's time for what we call the live read. Uh, Jessica O'Connor, you're back. This is your spot. Tell them where they can find shows like ours.
2: This is what I do. Here we go, guys. Thank you so much for joining (laughs) us here at After Buzz TV for bearing with us in this time of quarantine for staying loyal for being the amazing fans that you are we appreciate you and your views are essential (laughs) you see what I did there that's a quarantine joke we need we need your views now more than ever so don't forget to like to subscribe to tweet to post do whatever you can to keep the engagement going we love to chat you know our twitters and whatever so let's do it
1: Yes, and hit the five stars, the likes, the comments, the shares. Thank you to everyone who's hanging out in the chat. Chat Chatting up Charlene, Dang MQ, Haywood, Wong, Flobo Boyce is hanging out as well. So if you're not watching live, that's a good cue. You should because you get to interact with some of the other hosts in the chat sometimes as well. It's always a fun time. Uh, Flobo, by the way, someone, speaking of other shows, We chatted with the one and only Vince Russo just earlier today. So if you want to hear that interview, check that out on After Buzz. I'll probably say it again at the end of the show because it (laughs) was a fun, fun chat. Lots of crazy stuff. We talk about AEW a bit as well. Um, So we call that the promo uh, around these parts. But there was a promo today for the Tag Team Division. It kind of caught us back up on everything that's going on in this in it, with the tag team uh, world, which I think was really good because during this whole uh, COVID thing, obviously limited people can be at shows. Tag teams are tough to do when you can only have so many people around, so the tag team division had to take a step back. This was, I think, sort of their way of reintroducing us to the tag team division. Uh,
2: can just I just say, tried- yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I had some thoughts. Can oh, I just yeah. say that the voice actor for this promo was the worst. He was so <laughs> bad. He was like, in the tag team division, jungle, like, I, I don't know if that was the appeal, but it was so monotone. And I'm like, the visuals here are great, but the voice is not on par. So I'm gonna have to Come, or go like this whatever that word is reprimand aew i guess for that one because they did not hire the best voice actor out there that's just my tea for the day if you guys do rewatch you think, it i okay. think you'll see what i'm saying
1: i i know what you're saying do you think that because they were trying to make it kind of a sports uh thing and make it feel more sport instead of over the top wrestling you know instead of being like the tag team division and more of the the tag team division has presented
2: you know i think there's a happy medium he was like a uh like an infomercial guy like there's got to be a middle ground between like infomercial and wrestling announcer that they could have gone with
0: like the late night cd commercials you see at 3 a.m yeah
2: (laughs) for like the snuggie and stuff like that was not what they needed like the hype did not match i don't know it threw me off that's all i'm gonna say
1: but see, that almost would have made sense. They should have been like, we've got the best friends. We've got the Jungle Express. But wait, there's more. But we've wait. also got the Dark <laughs> Order.
2: Instead, <laughs> he was like, <laughs> it was almost like a planet Earth, like, like oh, dang, <laughs> in a world.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, let Jungle me, Express. Let me, let me ask you, because because we haven't gotten your thoughts before on this show. So I'd like to ask you now something that AW really prided themselves in as they got started was a bigger focus on tag team wrestling are you a tag team wrestling fan or are you do you prefer the single stuff
0: uh no i'm absolutely a tag team wrestling fan i think it's a great art that is lost and i love that they actually are emphasizing that it's a deep division that's the number one thing it's a deep division and they don't stray away from it something that our, our, the other company we know about should kind of stick to their guns there because they also have a lot of tag teams but definitely mm-hmm. a tag team guy
1: uh, so something I had, le- I had teased earlier was about this feeling kind of back to normalcy. I think them showing this, I think them doubling down on bringing the tag teams back and having more people. I think this is AEW's way of saying they believe that we're getting through this and that they don't think that they're going to have to do any more tape shows or smaller audiences. That's just me kind of reading the tea leaves. I don't know anything. Well, I'm that's the advantage doctor, of having your but-
2: headquarters in Florida. Because yeah. you know
3: <laughs> florida
2: is is ignoring this pandemic as a whole, and I can so say is california,
3: that. well, some but... parts of california, Florida don't so, care <laughs> well, <laughs> uh so there
1: was a there's a tag team match uh that happened today uh best friends versus the Jurassic Express, mm-hmm. probably the two biggest like fan favorite teams going at it. the best friends they've been on quite a run lately anissa. Uh, As far as the tag team match goes, what did you think about this one? Did did the the right team win? Walk us through it.
3: I mean, there was a lot going on in this match, um, despite the actual match happening. Um, I hate to say this, but when Marco Stunt got thrown, I started laughing. I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) But, I mean, he's doing okay, I'm sure. And then Ray Phoenix, what? is the dill you like totally went x game mode dill. on orange cassidy it's like oh my gosh and then of course mjf has to get involved in everyone's business so i thought this match was good it was nice to see jungle express back we haven't seen them quite some time um but i think that best friends are on a roll we see them pretty much every week And I feel that it's possible that they could be the next AEW Tag Team Champions because if they're putting them on every week, might as well just give them the damn titles.
1: Cedric, uh, the the best friends have been sort of holding it down for the tag team division during these taped episodes. Do you think it's fair that they'd get the nod to get a tag team title shot? Or do you think that, hey, sometimes you put in work and sometimes you don't get rewarded for it?
3: No, I'm a fan. I think if we weren't in this situation, I think it would be a different tag team. But the fact that we're obviously in this situation and we see best friends a lot, I think, uh, and I feel like they have been improving and showing everyone that, hey, we want to be next because the Young Bucks are still not their dress. Majority of the tag team are from SoCal. So all of them are here. They're barely showing up on AEW. So In my opinion, I think it's best friends who deserve uh, opportunity for the tag team championships.
1: Cedric, is Jungle Boy going to be a massive star? I couldn't help but notice that the commentary team would not stop talking about how amazing he is. Is that their way of saying keep an eye on this guy, buy stock in Jungle Boy? He's the future?
0: Yeah, I I agree. And I believe they said he's 22 years old. I actually think uh, Sammy Gabar and Jungle Boy are the future of this company. Within the next five yeah. years, they're going to be the guys on all yeah. the billboards yeah. with the titles. They just have the charisma. They, they have it. And I think they're building these characters the right way. They get more interesting every single week. Uh,
1: Jessica, they, they teased a little bit here. Wardlow and Luchasaurus sort of staring each other down, looking like we might have a battle of the big men. And you know me, I like it when the two beef patties go slapping together. But so I remember they teased oh, these. No. <laughs> these uh, I remember they teased a Jake Hager Luchasaurus rivalry that never seemed to pan out. Are we actually going to get to see Luchasaurus have a big one-on-one against another another monstrosity like Wardlow?
2: I mean I'm into it they're they're both intimidating in their own ways but I feel like luchasaurus is somehow like a lovable intimidating if that makes sense whereas I don't find Wardlow really redeeming at all I don't know if it's the dinosaur mask that has won me over but I think I'd still like him even if he didn't have a dinosaur mask I think there's just something about him even though we don't really that, ever get to hear him talk. like what is it can you guys like back me up on this am I crazy here Am I a little Luchasaurus, crazy?
1: Luchasaurus, I think, is, <laughs> Luchasaurus is, at, is one of the most popular people in, in okay. AEW right now. Okay. Uh, I'm
2: not, so I'm not alone. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen yeah. Luchasaurus. He's, he's more redeemable at- than Wardlow, I think we can agree.
3: Come on.
1: Sure. Wardlow's not redeemable at all.
3: <laughs> I've seen Luchasaurus wrestle for. at local shows here in SoCal uh, many, many times. And He's just, you know, he's freakishly tall and a monster when he gets in the ring, especially when yeah. you see it, like, up close. So uh, I th- I think that him versus Warlow, it's going to be, a, uh, blo- like, the roof will be blown off. I'm excited.
1: C- Cedric, something about Luchasaurus worries me, and that is, can he lose a match and still maintain that air of being a big monster? Or if he... If he has a match with Wardlow and Wardlow puts him down, is Luchasaurus kind of done as a monster?
0: No, I don't think so at all because he's, he's the monster of his group. And I think having that foundation behind him is what kind of saves him in that light because he's still going to be the big man in uh, the Jurassic Express. So, no, I, I think if he takes the L there, if anything, he's still. He takes uh, L's right all the team.
2: time. Yeah. And we still like him. No,
1: yeah, but no, he takes that. No, Marco takes the L. He's on the yeah, side. Oh, so it's
2: all Marco's fault? Is that Marco. how it works in a tag team? <laughs> Poor, Marco
1: <laughs> Marco takes a lot of the takes a lot of the 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 heavy lifting in, in that sense. If that makes sense. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, now, during this, we also saw a lot of Jungle Boy, uh, MJF between those two guys going at it uh verbally and and mocking each other mjf had a match against lee johnson who if you watch AEW dark lee johnson's been looking good i hope they signed him uh this is a quick one though um uh, and he say uh, mjf he gets the win calls out old marco stunt for next uh next week and then he's got M, uh jungle boy the following week uh no one's put down old uh, MJF just yet. Is is one of the Jurassic Express guys gonna get him?
3: I somebody, please.
1: please. <laughs> oh my God, somebody I
3: don't care who. <laughs> somebody please, because you know MJF is just annoying. I wish he was out longer. Too bad he doesn't have a broken leg. I so
2: agree. It's not, it's not. I'm kind of ready for him to get knocked down a peg. And I don't really yeah. care who does it either.
0: They don't talk nah. about this a lot, but I know because um, he has Jungle Boy at double or nothing later this month, I believe. Is, <clears> isn't is MJF undefeated in 2020? Yeah,
1: I think he's just
2: undefeated. That sounds about
3: right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think he's undefeated uh, nah. in 2020. Why why shouldn't he be the next one to challenge for Mox after this next thing? After all this is over with. He
3: late? can't handle John Moxley. <laughs> well, the truth <laughs> is, he's not
1: going to challenge John Moxley because John Moxley's not going to be the champion after double or nothing. Brody Lee is going to be. Oh. <laughs> okay, talk
3: to me when uh, it's not
1: when uh, he wins. Uh, um, I have an interesting question. Jessica, this is for you. Uh, Jericho had a match. He had a match with a, a fella named Suge D or Pineapple Pete uh, as he's become known. I just, hypothetically, if, if you're him, it, do you need to change your name at this point to Pineapple Pete? I feel like everyone calls him Pineapple Pete. That's what he's known as. But do you think you should double down and hold on to what he's The name he's worked his whole life using or is it time to just say look get in where you fit in
2: well what i got from the promo was that um jericho called him pineapple pete to like be condescending and i kind of took it as he was like reshifting that energy and like reclaiming his power and being like hell yeah like i am pineapple pete so like i was into that because To me, it's like, okay, I have this career. People know me for another name, but like if you want to call me that, cool. I'll embrace that, I'll own that. And well, I mean, he didn't win, but maybe one day he will win and it'll be like, yeah, I'm pineapple Pete, And I did it. Like, I think that day will come. For sure. I I was into it. I
1: I think his that new shirt that Jericho was wearing, I thought was really cool. I think that's one of the subtle things. Jericho's really good at Putting people down, but actually helping them because I think yeah. that shirt is going to sell really well. But uh, I think
2: that shirt was intentional too. You know, he knew he was going to be on TV. He could have worn a white collared shirt or something, but he's like, Mm-mm. "What's going to get me on camera?" I think all of us on camera people know the literally trigger. everything
0: Jericho touches turns into tricks. gold. Literally, it,
2: it
1: really yeah. does. I I think that I think he's the wrestler of 2020 just because everything he's He hasn't just done well, but he's made every single person he's worked with look better than they did before.
3: He's Uh, the Yoda of pro wrestling. He needs to
0: be in more go conversations, if you ask me.
1: 100%. Anissa, you know a lot about different types of matches. You're an expert on the hardcore matches versus the extreme matches, versus the death matches, versus all sorts of stuff. You know them all inside and out. You know the difference between no holds barred and uh, no DQ. I gotta ask you because I'm sure you know, and you're gonna give us a specific answer. What is a stadium stampede
3: match? I've never heard of that, but it sounds fun. You stumped the experts. (laughs) That's an
0: old WCW match.
3: Oh,
2: somebody knows. Cedric knows. I never, I never watched. I don't know the details,
0: but I feel like that's an old WCW term that they're bringing back.
2: I think I'm just gonna playing, go ahead
1: was, and say I have no idea. <laughs> WCW did have Spring Stampede, and I think they had some kind of. I I think they're playing off something. I don't. I don't. You might be right. I don't know. But um, uh, very interesting. They did mention that they're going to be in an eighty thousand seat football field. So I'm wondering, and I'm hoping that maybe this is one of those uh, cinematic matches Ooh. the WWE has been doing. I think that would be really fun to see AEW's take on one Yeah, of I those. thought the
3: same thing, too. I think that they're just going to start in the field with no ring and then just go crazy around the whole football field. But I do want to add, I hope uh, with Pineapple Pete, I hope we get to see him versus Orange Cassidy or him and Pineapple Pete and Ooh, Cassidy. Pineapple we'll versus tea. Orange. Yeah. Or we can make an alcoholic drink.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh, let's start working on that now. Look, Good ideas. Does idea. allow uh, cocktails?
1: They gotta just, if if they start a team with a uh, hangman, that's set. Um, <laughs> them and the private party will all be able to get together. So, so Jericho murdered Vanguard One. I think it's fair to say it was a sentient drone. So he murdered the poor thing. Uh, this was fun. I thought I thought it was fun little interaction. Um, something that stood out to me is is Jericho had a baseball bat and rumors have been circulating they've been flying around a fella by the name of Sting's contract with the WWE is apparently up I feel like that baseball bat which is a signature of the Stinger wasn't on accident Jericho doesn't do things on accident Cedric you talked about WCW a second ago do you think we might see Sting in an AEW ring or around one.
0: Well, they have all the other legends floating around. I don't think we'll see him <laughs> wrestle at all. But if he makes an appearance, he's been teasing it on Twitter lately. Um, he's been interacting with, with Lance Archer on Twitter. Um, Cody Rose did his infamous ear meme to Sting. So I wouldn't doubt that they have something that works for a couple of one-off appearances here or there. But as far as wrestling, nah, I don't even think I want to see that either.
3: I blame um,
1: that guy named. <laughs> Seth. Tyler Black. Yeah. <laughs> Seth, Seth. <laughs> that guy um, sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, I am a huge Sting fan, so I would love him to be involved in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but that leads me to a fella by the name of Darby Allen. Darby Allen, chatting it up, cutting it up with Taz backstage, and I gotta tell you, Jessica, these two. Do not get along together very well. I feel like their personalities just clash. Taz is trying to be nice, trying to help him, trying to teach him and educate him a little bit. And and the last thing Darby Allen wants is that. Now, you mentioned Sting. Darby's been compared to Sting a lot. Do you think maybe Sting would be a good manager for Darby Allen or Taz be a manager for Darby Allen? What do we think is going on there?
2: I don't think Darby Allen is the kind of wrestler that needs a manager that kind of goes against his whole character his whole thing is like I'm this badass skater boy like he kind of has this like f authority vibe about him so I feel like if mm-hmm. he had a manager it just wouldn't work at all I don't think it matters who it is that's just not uh, it's not on brand as we say it wouldn't I it work
1: Do you think, uh, Anissa, do you think that Taz is going to end up feuding with Darby? It doesn't seem like they're getting along.
3: You actually read my mind I was going to mention that. Yes, um, I do, because do we know if Taz is actually officially retired? Did he ever make a statement? You know?
1: I don't think he can rest. I I, I think his neck is is done, but I don't know.
3: But then again, every, you know, you never retire in wrestling unless you're you physically injured to the point where you know you really really can't. But um, if if he if Taz is able to wrestle, I would like to see a match between him and Darby. You know, last time I saw Taz wrestle was was ECW when I stand two thousand six. That's the last time I saw Taz ever wrestle. So I would love to see him wrestle again. And you know, with Darby Allen, um, I feel like they were pushing him to be like. The, the star aw champion and now he's back in the bottom and i don't you know as a darby allen fan i i wish they didn't do that but i hope he gets the chance to win for double or nothing
1: cedric something you got to know about me i love legends returning i don't care if they're I'm 170 yeah. years old i want to see them i am a fan they make me feel good see my childhood heroes Am I crazy for hoping that Sting has got one more match in him so him and Darby Allen can go at it and he can help make Darby Allen a bigger star?
0: Oh, so you're saying, Are you insinuating that Darby
1: Allen will go over? Yeah. You got to build mm. the future. You got to build the future.
3: But you have to remember, Darby Allen is a fast wrestler. So, and Sting. Sting
1: is. Sting. He cheers and he feeds off the crowd. I think he'll be just. I'm off. not knocking
3: down Sting. He's, like, he's a legend. I, I
0: don't. I don't know if you sign Sting, you bring him in to put somebody over. That's my only issue with that. Yeah. I, I think They'll he would like just be more Triple of H. an attraction. But
1: <laughs> you, know, you know, Triple
0: H always takes his WrestleMania wins from whoever. <laughs>
1: right. To be fair, if I was Triple H, I would I would do the same thing. Uh, now. Uh, Jessica let me ask you this we heard a little bit of Darby Allen talk tonight I think he said maybe three sentences his entire run in AEW yeah do we like how he sounds on a mic is, can he get through a career without talking or is he gonna have to figure out a way to use a microphone
2: I think he's gonna have to figure out a way to use the microphone I mean his he he has he does a lot of really good nonverbal communication you know he has a certain walk he has a certain look on his face his wardrobe does a lot of talking his skateboard does a lot of talking there's a lot of his image that doesn't require words but i don't think that him improving on the skill can hurt him in any way i really don't
1: yeah agreed something that has improved i think and i is is when AEW started, there was a, a similar complaint amongst a lot of people, and that was that the women's division needed more. It needed improvement. It needed other wrestlers. I'm starting to feel like that is an out-of-date complaint because tonight we got a four-way women's match with Penelope Ford, Chris Statlander, Hikaru Shida, and Britt Baker that I thought was amazing. Anissa, am I crazy? Is this, was, was that not a great match?
3: um i thought it was slow um you know but every woman like hit their points but some didn't hit their points when it comes to um fatal fours like that i'm very picky because there's so much going on and I feel like, um, you know, in my opinion, I feel that the camera people yes. really need to focus. I was going to say the same thing. Cameras- you know, need to practice a little bit more. I know they're more used to like baseball, basketball, that type of sport, not with wrestling. But I think that uh, in my opinion, the reason why I thought it was a slow match was because the camera angles weren't really on point, but I did really enjoy mm-hmm. Britt Baker attacking Um, Chris Dantliner and using the glove and still attacking her mouth. So I feel like we're going to see a feud right there between them two.
1: Someone who's really started to climb the ranks in my opinion, maybe not in the win loss column as much as she'd like, but Penelope Ford is cool. I like Penelope Ford. Jessica, I think, I mean, I think we all know she does great. We all know that Britt Baker has done an amazing job with, with her character recently and people are split on old Chris Statlander and her alien thing. But I will say Penelope Ford just seems such, such a cool person to have on her roster. Are you feeling Penelope Ford?
2: Yeah, I'm definitely feeling her. I think she's talented. Like, she's fun to watch. She incorporated a lot of, like tumbling and gymnastics, which I could appreciate because that's kind of my background. And I was like, okay, she has like some good forms. I feel like that's probably her background too. I'd like to look that up. I'd like for someone to fact check me on that, maybe in the chat. I don't know. Does somebody know her background? Because I would be interested to know. But I also like that, obviously, she has that Kip Sabian romance fiance and they play on it a little bit like they had that makeout moment and that was like fun and silly but it's not like a crutch it's not like they're a package deal i feel like they can thrive in their own lanes and i'm i'm, I'm here for it they're cute i like them
1: C- cedric i, I want to ask your opinion on something during this match uh and a few of the matches had similar things like this happen but uh tonight but kip sabian held sheeta in the ropes now, stickler, Jack farmers watching this, going, "Uh, that's a disqualification. What's going on? Uh, do you see stuff like that, and you get hung up on that kind of stuff, and like, whoa, you're you're not allowed to do that. You got to throw him out or do something. Or do you say, you know what, it's wrestling, it's fun. Who cares? It did its purpose."
0: No, nah, I'm a stickler for that stuff too, man. Um, it it <laughs> did bother me because the match. Well, I guess in, in fatal four ways, there's usually no disqualification anyway but yeah. I know I was watching raw the other day and something happened where Mysterio and then the internet blew up with this unspoken rule that I never heard of as far as tag team disqualifications. But yeah, I usually pick those things out. I'm like, am mm-hmm. I supposed to suspend suspend my beliefs that much? But I try to enjoy it for what it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. And by the way, I didn't get the tag team disqualification either. That was weird to me, but the, uh, but yeah, so it looks like we're getting Sheeta versus Nyla Rose for the women's title. That's going to be a banger. Um,
3: yeah, I predict Awesome Kong will show up. I'm still um, on that. I'm ooh. still on that. Haven't seen her in a while.
1: So that match was declared a no DQ. We're going to jump. That is a little bit of a prediction. And he said, but since she threw it out there, because no DQ, that means even if she gets involved, the match isn't over. Who, who wins? Do you think that she's going to help Nyla Rose or do you think they're setting up a battle of the beasts?
3: I still think that they're going to set the Battle of the Beast. Battle yeah.
1: of the Beast. Yeah. That sounds fun. Interesting. That do does sound fun. Interesting. Another interesting thing that happened today, is we had Proud and Powerful versus Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy is just as entertaining as we all thought he was going to be, at least I think so. Uh, is it weird, though, that the team that lost, against the inner circle last week is just having another match with different pair of inner circle members this week. Uh, Jessica, I'll, I'll throw that one to you.
2: Well, I'm just not behind the Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy pairing. I don't get it at all. I don't think they have a, well, cause I mean, the whole thing about tag teams is they're supposed to be so in sync that they know each other's next moves and they're, they're best friends and they're things like this. They're supposed to be so cohesive and they just don't, they don't mesh at all to me. Their vibes are all over the place. And I don't know. I, I think they're they're great individually, but I'm not really behind this tag team pairing. I think they could do better.
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I think I get what, what's happening there, but uh, it is it is kind of a weird team just on paper. Something that happened, though, one of my favorite moments, uh, Sammy Guevara comes stumbling out with a neck brace on. Uh, Anissa, you alluded to it before. How did you, is, it, is Sammy Guevara silently becoming one of the most entertaining parts of AEW Dynamite?
3: I mean, I think so. Um, I personally like his vlogs. I like how he does the backstage stuff. Him and, you know, his relationship with Marco Stunt. But, you know, it's it's just entertaining. I find him really entertaining. Um, he's definitely learning a lot from Chris Jericho when it comes, to, you know, little things here and there. Um, but, you know, I, I thought it was great.
1: So, Cedric, yeah. The, the, the story with the tag team champions was that they weren't getting along. Hangman felt a little left out, like he wasn't really a part of the team. Lo and behold, this COVID thing hits, and suddenly Kenny Omega just finds a new buddy to start teaming with. Do we? I'm looking at this thinking Hangman's not going to be too happy that his tag team partner's palling around with a guy who can't keep his own name straight. Is, what do you think's going to happen once Hangman comes back?
0: I think the up the dissension way before all the COVID stuff started. So, I mean, the writing was on the wall for Hangman Page to either turn on Omega or turn on the elite one way or another. I think it's just kind of weird how we got Matt Hardy to be the guy in this position right here. That got my in. back.
2: Thanks, Cedric. Um,
0: but one, one thing that does bother me, and, and if you guys can educate me, if people in chat educate me, I don't get broken Matt Hardy. Like, I don't understand why people are entertained by oh, Broken no. Matt Hardy. I, I want to know, I want to understand. I'm willing to learn.
1: Yeah, yeah, so Alisa, you said, oh no. Well, that, what, what do you have to say about uh, Broken Matt Hardy? Damascus.
3: You just have Damascus. to go on YouTube and do some research. No, no, no,
1: no, 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 this is YouTube, this <laughs> no, is YouTube. Yeah. No.
3: <laughs> no, 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 It's a, it's a uh, long story. You, you're
1: not, you're not, you're not up, but like, what's the, what's the tweet version? Is there
3: a tweet version of Broken Matt Hardy? (laughs) No, because it's a long story.
1: I look at old Matt Hardy and I say to myself, is this guy drunk or crazy? I think
0: I bit a man's boot and his gum started bleeding tonight. And it's like... (laughs)
2: Like, does he floss? We must know. To me... Britt Baker needs to check on that.
0: In my opinion, version 2.0 Matt Hardy was still the best one. And I'm standing by
1: Ooh, hot take. I like, I like, I like the hot takes. It's, I think to me what I like about Broken Mount Hardy is like I said, it's kind of like watching a crazy person. It's more about like what weird thing is he going to do next? Uh, And that's what I like about him because he's just unpredictable and weird and, and kind of, kind of kooky. I don't know how far that will go though. I don't know if I could see him as a, as a world champion doing that kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see exactly how it plays out. Uh, I think with the tag teaming, and I'm just guessing here, I think because things went the way they did, I think they wanted to have a rivalry with him and Jericho, but then they pulled back because they didn't want to give it away without the crowd. It's just my guess. But I don't, I don't know. They don't have me on the booking committee. If they want me to, if they can hit me up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm available. I a chat
1: my phone. Is <laughs> available. Um, uh. So we also had a, a quick little run-in, a quick little fist to cuff. Uh, Lance Archer, Jake the Snake, uh, Cedric, you it. it was kind of cringy at points. I kind of agree it was a little cringy, but for some reason when the bad guy's cringy, I feel like it's okay. Uh, how are you feeling, uh, Jessica, about this rivalry between Lance Archer and Cody and where it's going?
2: Okay, I, I feel like I'm being a little negative tonight and I don't mean to because I actually really liked this whole episode, but there was just a few things about like every moment that I was like oh so I'm gonna point it out because whatever I'm gonna be the bad guy tonight I'm I'm heel Jessica so (laughs) there was um Cody came riding in and it was like the most anticlimactic like boom he like touched a little fence he's like like if you're gonna come (laughs) in on an f-150 I want to see you go airborne and like land like I don't know the entrance didn't do it for me and I feel like their whole moment kind of just got lost. It happened in the beginning and they never really checked back in on it. So it was, it was lost on me. Sorry, guys. I don't, I don't mean to be negative. I'm usually not like this. I agree with you on that. Keeping it real.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So take it away. Cause we've seen stone cold do stuff like that, where he would run right through things multiple times. Cody seemed a little uh, hesitant. He's right? It was timid. It looked like he just kicked over <laughs> yeah. a
0: sandcastle. It was like very mild. He's <laughs> like, I'm gonna rev up and then I'm gonna break just before I hit the guardrail and then I hopped out and there was some missed He's spots like, there. It's like, it's a
2: rental. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then they were kind of teasing him, attacking Jake the Snake, which never happened. And then they, yeah. then when they separated, it was kind of weird. It's like, oh, I'm gonna go with no, let's stop and let's just. Walk away. It it felt like they missed a moment
1: in the middle of, or at the end of the fight.
3: Moment, yeah, the whole.
1: yeah, the whole thing felt like they just couldn't get the timing right. And, and yeah, what this, was with the Jake
3: the Snake Roberts, like, the comment on women? Like, what was that all about? Oh, like, I missed that. What did you, you say? he say? He just said typical hill women should be in the kitchen cooking for their men, <sighs> that type of stuff. I'm surprised, no one, I'm surprised Nyla Rose didn't go out, go out and kick his ass, because she was right there in the audience.
1: Well, I think that's just him. I think that's just the old school side of Jake the Snake trying to get some reaction from people. Because that's oh. a very old school way of, of doing it, I think. But yeah. um, we're running low on time. And when we're running low on time, it's the last segment of the night, folks. And the last segment of the night is what we call Elite of the Week. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Elite of the Week where I count down my top five wrestlers on AEW Dynamite of the Week. Starting at number five we got Sammy Guevara. Sammy didn't have a match tonight per se, but this guy just entertains the hell out of me. Every time he's on TV, he's getting run over by cars or wearing neck braces and and really being a part of bringing entertainment to the show. Sammy Guevara, match or not, you get a spot on the list. Next up, Hikaru Shida at number four in a very crowded women's division tonight. She separated herself from the pack to become the number one contender and of course ended up with a cane to the face but it is worth it because you're going to double or nothing Sheeta. and at number three we've got broken matt hardy whether or not we get it i love it it's entertaining it's crazy it's wild like i said i always ask myself is he drunk or is he crazy because i can't tell the difference with this guy And at number two, it's the leader of the Dark Order, Brody Lee. He came around for a cup of coffee and said, I'm the number one contender because I'm Mr. Brody Lee, and I run the Dark Order, and I am the Lion of AEW. And at number one, we have the champion, Chris Jericho. He finally put away his arch rival after a career a building to it. He beat Pineapple <laughs> Pete that night. Sealed the deal. But he also killed Vanguard One. He also set the stage for the Stampede match. He's pulling the strings, spoke because he is the leader of the inner circle. Ladies and gentlemen, that is your Elite of the,
2: of the Week. week.
1: How just feel about that one? That was a good one, right? Everything's in line. I think perfect. Chris Jericho, Nothing?
2: number one. This is groundbreaking.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. never happened before one. uh so so that's it for us but before we go obviously we want everyone to go ahead and let everyone else know where we can find you online jessica let's start with you where can they find you at
2: you can find me on instagram at jessica o'connor underscore on twitter j o'connor with three n's
1: and cedric
0: where can they find you you can find me on twitter at said says that's c e underscore says and on instagram at said is the answer
1: And Anissa Barr.
3: You can follow me on all social media at Anissa Barr.
1: And Rye Guy in the booth. Where can they find you at?
0: Find me at Ryan Nilsen, R-Y-N-I-L-S-E-N.
1: Ryan Nilsen on Instagram. And Star Wars News every Thursday, 4 p.m. on the Popcorn Talk Network. How about you, Jack? You can find me at jackcfarmer.com as well as at RealJackFarmer across all social media. You can also check me out every Monday, on the WWE Raw After Show, 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on AfterBuzz TV, as well as Jack and Flobo wrestle with your questions every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. But today, the big, fun announcement. I got to interview the one and only Vince Russo. We had about an hour-long chat about things from his time starting in wrestling to wrestling during the COVID-19 to his vinyl collection. We chatted about all sorts of things. It's on AfterBuzz TV. Do yourself a favor and check it out. But in the meantime, until next week, folks, do your best and be yourself.